arousal-inducing features such as a tendency to tilt, sway, and wobble. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Squeezing the Orange of Social Science, a podcast co-hosted by myself, comedian Akino Mobitan, and Professor Dan Cable. On each episode, the two of us pick apart peer-reviewed and published social science papers, and we squeeze them for their best bits so that you, the beautiful listeners, do not need to sift through pages and pages of academic literature. There we go. I just like I fumbled at the end zone. <laughs> What's up, Dan? Hey, Akin. How are you? Feeling a little bit anxious? I tell you what, right? I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling, I I can't tell whether it's anxiety or I'm just... I just love you. (laughs) We got a treat. We got like, uh, we, you know what, right? I feel, I feel so much lighter already because we've, um, we've done like some, some super professional episodes. Um, Recently, we also touched on the Spanish flu. We also looked at like some police brutality and race and now we get to talk about like fun we get to talk about sex arousal arousal um and i I love the idea that (laughs) well we should get into it but within the first paragraph they make this one comment that i just couldn't stop laughing but it goes there's a substantial body of indirect evidence suggesting that sexual attractions occur with increased frequency during states of strong emotion Mm. Yeah, I mean, mean, do you really have to even write that one? Isn't that assumed? (laughs) Isn't that the way that works? Well, this is what this is what rocks about this study. So um, when I checked, this was like the seventies, right? Seventy-four. Seventy-four. Why are we doing something from seventy-four? You know what? Yeah, yeah. We we love to dig through the crates, right? Like there's. This is like finding an old jazz album where you, you kind of blow off the dust and you put it on there and put it on the player it's wobbling a bit it's it's popping you know it's crackling a little bit it has texture and character acting totally and i guess the other reason why i was keen to do this because you you sent a few over to me dan and i was super keen on this one because i was like look man we gotta try to get our listeners laid man like we got we can't <laughs> We can't just, it can't all just be careers and how not to get your butt kicked by the police. Outside of that, right? Yeah, it's got to be more to life than not getting your butt kicked by the police. Right? And getting a big promotion. Right? to be more. If you have your Netflix subscription, we're going to help you with the chill bit. Okay, peeps? We... We got you covered. <laughs> oh, so we reached way back into the into the archives, and we found this um, this study in the journal Journal of Personality and Social Psychology that's called "Some Evidence for Heightened Sexual Attraction Under Conditions of High Anxiety." Mm. And this is our friends Donald Glutton and Arthur Aaron at the University of British Columbia. Awesome. What's up, So chats? long ago. Yeah, what's up? I wonder if they're still around, still alive. I, I bet I was, you it's not going to do any good that. to tweet them. <laughs> what's a tweet? Oh, man, I'm being like super ageist right now. Let's, <laughs> so like, I had a question, Dan. So um, Tell me. like I, I read through the study. Really enjoyed reading it. Uh, it's giving me some tools for my uh, for my artillery. Um, but they mentioned this thematic appreciation test, and I'd never I'd never heard of this before. So what is? Yeah. And they didn't explain it because I think maybe back then this was just like a common 
thing in this kind of like world. I think that's kind of right. Yeah. Um, The thematic apperception test would be a little bit like, uh, you know, you ever hear that Rorschach? Um, yeah. It's a test where you like hold up some shapes that mean nothing, some squiggles, and then you ask people like, what's this look like? And if they say like a penis, then you recode it differently than if they say a secure house made out of brick with a good foundation. You know, it kind of what they project onto it tells you about what's scrambled into their brains. At least that's yes. the theory behind it. To be honest, I don't think we'd really use this in the science as much anymore. Back in the 60s and 70s, it was kind of a pretty big thing, though. And in this one, what they do, rather than it being like an ink blot, literally like some squiggles out of ink, it would be a picture that was pretty ambiguous. So, like, we'll talk while we get into the studies, but, like, you might have a picture of, like, a woman holding her chin in a thoughtful pose. Mm. And then you would just ask the people, what's the story there? And then what they do is they invent a story. And like what they're really doing is saying, here's what's going on in my brain. Because whatever they are imputing onto the story, they're imputing onto the story. The story can be any which way. So that's the thinking behind it. And to be honest, you can get good inter-rater reliability because you can teach people that if they say this, if they say that. So in this case, because they're looking at like sexual tension and stuff like that, mm. if they if they want to look at that, like zero would be, they didn't mention anything about sex at all. Three would be, they said the word kiss. And five would be, they talked about intimate relationships. Yeah. And to the extent that there's just a woman, like, thinking you're imputing <laughs> sexual relationships like you got some stuff going on there <laughs> that, that is i tell you what right as it, as the studies did kind of unfold that was some of the stuff that i found real it real interesting like this is and just to just a heads up as well listeners like we're we're going to start diving into this now and i must remind listeners that this is from the 70s so this is kind mm. of like I I was reading this and it was reminding me of the Stanford prison experiment where I was a bit like, yo man, these social scientists were getting away (laughs) with like quite a lot because I was reading this and I was, yeah, a lot of it was real weird. And I was getting irate for, for some of the, uh, the participants involved in this one. And I shall explain why as we dive into this study. So what they were looking at, they were looking at sexual attraction and they were linking it to high states of anxiety, but most especially fear. So, um, and what they did is, and you can, you can jump in at any point here, Dan, but well, what they did right here to kind of say something, huh? yeah, awesome. please do. Well, it's just really awesome to me that the way you read that, it kind of reversed the causality. So in this case, it's like, it made it sound like when you have the sexual activity, it makes people anxious, <laughs> <laughs> which might also be true. That's uh, <laughs> their products for that as well. So. In, yeah, exactly. in this study though, they almost should have switched the order of it. Cause it's mm. like, they scare the hell out of people. And yep. then they see if that fear affects the way they feel about, in this case, people of the opposite sex, because totally. back in the seventies, it was not copacetic to talk about gay people. Yeah. So yes, that's a great point, actually. So this is very much within the study looks at heterosexual, uh, I want to say romance, because I want to be sweet about it. But it's, uh, it's about about kind of like a sexual attraction. 
a heterosexual sexual attraction. <laughs> but a lot of this stuff can be applied to people being attracted to one another. There was even like a line in it, which, you know, again, we're going to kind of like dive into this, but there was a line in it that did kind of suggest it would have been unusual for a man to be attracted to a man. So they had, um, they had this like experiment group and they had this control group as well. So what they did, this was in like, um, where, were, where were they again? British they were, they Columbia was, in Vancouver. Here we go. So they were able to find a location where quite close to each other, I believe, there were two bridges. So one of them was this rickety, it was kind of like a drawbridge. It was like wooden planks. Like imagine like, you know, Indiana Jones being yes. chased by like, yes. a, you know, uh, some, some terrible group. And he has to cross this rickety bridge where there's like planks missing. And there's it's like, a, you know, kind of like cables on each it's side. Cables. It's only five feet wide. It's 450 feet long. And there's wooden boards that are attached to cables and it has the tendency to sway, tilt, and wobble. And furthermore, if you do drop, it's a 230-foot drop, and they describe it as also having shallow rapids below the bridge. Oh God, I can see I that it. in the brochure. So, uh, so what they were trying to do here is they were trying to look for individuals on this kind of like, you know, this, this bridge that would kind of put you in a state of like higher arousal in terms of like fear and anxiety. And they were trying to compare that to individuals who went on what they described as a control bridge, which is something that was a lot sturdier, wider, didn't shake. I kind of saw these two bridges as the experimental one being like the wild boy, like being yes. the wild yes. dude on like yes. the motorbike with like the leather jacket <laughs> and the slick hair. And he like smokes, chain smokes and drinks. It's like, and then the secure bridge being the sturdy, the sturdy fella. Pencil protector, you know, right? the bullet pocket protector. <laughs> yes. Good solid career. <laughs> now that, that one's only 10 feet above a small shallow rivulet. <laughs> it had high handrails it had like gates fencing it didn't sway or tilt it was like good solid construction <laughs> so yeah so they do get a bit weird now when they start uh they start introducing the the interviewers and i'll, I'll hand over to, hmm. to yourself dan for this because yeah. this is a bit about the procedure that they applied to kind of look at they wanted to look at just before I jump over to yourself then, they wanted to look at individuals, if they are in a higher state of, I guess, anxiety brought on by fear, what is that doing to their sexual attraction to uh, an individual, you know, whichever it is, whatever your, your, your persuasion. Uh, yeah. But yes, over to yourself then. Well, what I want to say about is a little bit of theory, because I think there's um, two deeply compelling things, in my opinion. The first one is this idea that we have to interpret our own emotions. And I think that's actually really interesting because sometimes when you think about yourself, it might be this idea that you have direct perception into what you want and you kind of know what you want. And these sorts of studies are built on what's called self-perception theory, which is we don't really know what we want. We just kind of watch how we act and then we infer what we want. 
Mm. And that's, that's kind of like a really big thought, actually. It means that we don't have like a secret inner window into the truth in our brains. It's more like we watch everybody, including ourselves, and then we just make attributions. Like, you must like her because you're all kinds of excited. And that can lead to false attributions, which means like, I'm all excited. I talked to that woman. I must love her. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> So that's one thing I find really interesting. The second thing is, if we read the whole front end of this thing, a lot of the literature before this paper dealt with like aggression and sex, like rage and sex. And there's some really squirrely stuff that I was a bit uncomfortable with, and I bet you were too. But it had to do with like, like here's this one. Um, let's see. Strong emotions. It had to do with something I just felt really uncomfortable with, where what basically men had to dominate women, like back in the day. And when I read uh, it, I yep, was like, yep, oh, yep. wow, you know, that is really kind of painful. And what this study also, when, did, when we say back in the day as well, we're, we're talking way back in the day. Now <laughs> we're talking in 38. <laughs> now, well, this is 1938. Oh, was this 38? I was yeah, taking, I mean, I, oh, I took it to mean like way well, that, back. That's when it like would have a, started. So ah. he did say it's, it's Freud's uh, 1938 argument that prehistoric man had to yes. physically dominate his potential mates. Ah, yes, that's and, what I meant. So like 38, I guess the argument was made, but it was talking yeah. about like the prehistoric dudes and through like yeah, a lot of right. stuff that I read, we still kind of behave in prehistoric ways, despite <laughs> having, I guess, thinking that we've grown up. So. That we've grown up. And right? that. That's so last millennia. <laughs> Uh, but so, okay, so here's this study, what I thought was really cool is it was saying, well, it's not aggression, it's just high arousal. So it might be aggression, it might be fear. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that is kind of cool about this. And, and while it isn't like the best study in the world for reasons we're going to talk about, there's some validity issues. It actually is pretty freaking clever to find two bridges over the same river close to each other. And in half of them, you walk up to people and then the way they did it. So here's what they did. People were crossing this bridge and they'd wait till like these 18 to 35 year olds were walking across and we'll tell you a little bit about them in a minute. And that then they would have both of us, by the way. Oh my God. So, by the long right? shot, They were just like, <laughs> no study here. <laughs> Keep, yeah, keep, it, moving, keep, keep it, it moving, fellas. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. We're too uh, old. We're working here. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> you two don't seem viral. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you get this, you get this female experimenter who approaches these young, you know, these youngish men on a bridge and says she's kind of working on her dissertation about some topic and will you do this survey? She has them fill out the survey. Now, they don't all say yes. We'll tell you about that in a minute. But a lot of them say yes. The, ma the majority of them say yes to this. And then she, <laughs> she says, hey, you want to learn a little bit more about that study? You could uh, give me a call. Hey. And she rips. <laughs> a little piece of paper off the survey and writes her number. They got digits. <laughs> this, this is, this is the first That's place clever. where I was a bit like, you guys have gone too far. You got, you have gone as, as an individual, right? Listeners as an individual who has spent many a time in bars, bothering women for their phone numbers. <laughs> Only to find out. It's on this bridge. 
in Vancouver. They hand it out like candy. Not cool. <laughs> oh, man. Here's, what, here's what's so funny and clever about this. The dependent variable was, does the dude call the girl? <laughs> because, oh my God, it's just kind of funny to me. If it's the case, is they're expecting that you are misinterpreting your arousal of mm. fear to this woman, you're going to be more likely to call her because you're thinking like, my body really responded to her. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually really interesting, isn't it, Akin? That's a great point, which they don't explicitly say in this study, which um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, they don't explicitly say it, but it's such an important part because when you're when you're like when you're really digging someone like your, your body does a lot of weird stuff man like um i've had like uh, i've been fortunate enough to have many a crush in my time and your body your body and brain they get weird and so when you get used to kind of having these weird physical sensations around people that you're interested in like you're saying dan you now start attributing that to other individuals. So there seems to be this like this warmth to mm. someone which mm. you generate, but as you're rightly saying, you could just be misattributing the the emotion or the feeling, should I say? It could have been like you had a curry. Like you had a hot curry. <laughs> a really good curry. And you're just like hot. And then the wait staff comes over and you're like, hey, do you want to go on a date? <laughs> because my body's really responding to you or this curry. I can't tell. <laughs> totally. And like, so, um, so, yeah, so they were looking, <laughs> so they, they were playing these games. But the other thing that the, the, uh, the experimenter did, so on this occasion, there was a female experimenter and a male experimenter. And we'll go through some of the results for what these differences were as well. But the other thing that they did, and this links back to this uh, TAT test thing as well, where what they were doing is they were showing, so the guys who, on the bridge that stopped, they agreed to fill out this this questionnaire, which the experimenter said was part of some sort of like study thing. But I think it was like on the second or third page, there was like a picture of, it's pretty much like an innocent picture of someone like maybe holding the side of their face and then also like maybe pointing in a certain direction. And they had to write out a little story about yeah. what it meant to them. And as Dan mentioned earlier, they would then had, th they had those stories then graded for I guess yeah. kind of like sexual content, which Sex ranged sexual from reference. That's right. Sexual reference, yes. Yeah. And I guess the yeah. top sexual reference would have been um, I guess like uh like just sex sexy yeah. stuff, really. Anything, like just, uh, any kind of like sexual intercourse is any yes. mention of it would be a five. Like the word lover would be a four, the yeah. word kiss would get a three, girlfriend would get a two. Like and, and it's just that idea that you I and there's just there's validity to that. That's not invalid. It's yeah. it's uh, pretty subjective, but to be honest, they had two different raters who were blind to each other yep. rate it, and their agreement was really high. So I actually think in one way to think of it is like a really early like text coding operation, you know, yeah. um, just like now you would have a computer that could do that. But I don't think that's not valid. And I also think that it's fairly clever that they had a male and a female do this on a scary bridge and a totally stable bridge. Totally. So that's actually kind of, you know, isn't the only way to do this. There are, there are going to be validity issues with that, but it actually gives some pretty cool insight because you can look at, for example, 
uh, men on a scary bridge responding to men versus women. That's yep. one thing. And then you can also look at men responding to men and women on a very sturdy bridge. And you can actually yep. make all kinds of cross comparisons with that data. Totally. I did. I did find it funny as well how um, girlfriend was considered such a low <laughs> sexual <laughs> reference. <laughs> Nothing, there. Nothing, Nothing there. to see here. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> How about this too? I did, did you get the thing about the tough guys? Where like, okay, when they came across the bridge, they sort of asked them. They asked these guys. Um, how fearful do you think the average person would be when crossing this bridge? Mm. And they're like 79 on a hundred point scale, probably like a 79 on average. Then they're like, what about you? How fearful were you crossing this bridge? They're like, oh, more like a 65. Um, I'm kind of a little tougher than the average person. <laughs> You know what's funny? That's so me. Like I, I would, I would cross that bridge like legs shaking and everything, right? Hold and then the as soon as run. right, pushing totally. kids out of the way, like sweating, sweat running down your pit, right? <laughs> Stepping over granny. <laughs> and then once I'm on safe ground, and they're like, "So how would you rate that?" Ah, yeah, me. Ah, oh, oh man, you I know what? Piece of cake, man. I'm ready to cross it again. <laughs> Other people scared. Real scared. Real scared. And it's only because of my superior fearlessness that I'm even here. I think other people would turn back. <laughs> and so they, they also did measure the, the number of calls. So as well as who was yeah. accepting these phone numbers that were ripped off of this paper, they were also measuring yeah. the individuals that, that actually called. And for me personally, if I had crossed this drawbridge, and then I'd filled out this questionnaire for this young lady who then gave me her phone number and I call it and it's a university. I'm like, listen, I don't care what you guys study. I'm going to be there in 30 minutes. Someone put some lipstick on and grab their purse because we're going bowling. Okay. Okay. The first drink's on you, pal. <laughs> now my hopes are up and I'm wearing my best shirt already. <laughs> I've, I've already ironed it. Yeah, I've already ironed it. I got sunk costs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. In terms of the actual data, in terms of, um, here, we'll go through the data in two ways. We'll talk Let's about that. It. Thematic apperception test, the sort of um, looking at the picture and telling your story. And then we'll talk about the sort of behavioral making the call. So for the female interviewer, 23 of 33 males agreed to fill in the questionnaire. That's pretty nice, oh, right? That's not bad. That's, that's not nice. Bad. So it, it's 66% exactly. And then of the 45 actual, I love this, by the way, I can, of the 45 actual questionnaires completed, they had to throw seven away. Some were incomplete, but some were written in a foreign language. Mm. Well, you know what that means. <laughs> Same as garbage. <laughs> I mean, you'd hate to have to translate something. <laughs> what is this? What is this hieroglyphics? Oh, yeah, exactly what is this? From what land do you hail? <laughs> Talking real slow and loud. Hello. <laughs> I mean, it's just so 70s United States where it's like, I just love the assumption. It's like, well, if you wrote it in another language, that's the same as drivel. <laughs> we're not, one thing we're not going to do is take the time to translate that. <laughs> that, just, that just makes me laugh so hard. 
I'm anyway. totally with you on that, Dad. So they just threw okay. a whole bunch of work out. They're just like, yeah. no. <laughs> and it's not like they had like thousands of like, like I, I would get it if there was like hundreds of replies. It's like four. It's like four. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny to me. And I love how they're unusable, either because they're incomplete or just written in this other language. But mm. anyway, move on. Okay, the experimental group had the average um, sexual imagery score, they call it, of a 2.47. That's with the scary bridge. And those in the control bridge, the good stable one, was a 1.41. So it's an over one point jump, hugely statistically significant, even with this pretty small sample of people. You know, because we're really talking, what is that, like 30, 38 people or something? Yep. It's a pretty big jump, to be honest. And then do you want to talk about uh, anything, either the male interviewer or the behavior results? What, what would you like to Well, I, I just on? thought the, on the flip side, I thought it was very interesting because they also did this with females and the female experimental group. <laughs> so like only half of them wanted to speak to these men. So yes. these polite men are yes. like, hey, would you, would you yeah. fill out this questionnaire to yeah. help me with my... So half of them were just didn't even give men the time of day. Wait, were they females? Those were males also. No, sorry, okay. sorry. This was... No, yeah. I think... Yeah. Was this males also? Oh, I so this was so. males with the male interviewers. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's oh that makes wanted. perfect sense. Get the hell out of here, buddy, yeah, man. Exactly. I'm trying to fake you. You're blocking you, me. You're blocking me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> What's standing between me and a cold beer is you. So... Uh, no, I don't, I don't know how else to say it, but like, no. <laughs> so it's 23 out of 51 uh, said yes, so a lot less. Yes. Whatever. Um, and then it's pretty cold, man. Come on, fellas, man. Let's help each other out, man. That's, uh... Yes, it's so true. <laughs> uh, 20 usable in the experimental, um, 20 usable in the control group. So they actually ended up with 40 people in the males. They were rated. Everything was done just as this female and so on. But in this one, the differences were 0.8 in the sway bridge and 0.6 in the control group. So essentially, they just didn't replicate those results at all with the male interview. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that's the first thing. That is all in terms of like how they rated and described that picture. But I actually was more keen on the behavior results, like whether or not they made the call. Mm. So do you want to? You want to talk about those? You want me to talk about those? Like, oh, I'll let you. I'll let you kick it off, and then I'll, I'll sure. jump in. I'll rudely interrupt. <laughs> yeah, do so. So for the female interviewer, when they stood at the end of that bridge and they got these people to do this, eighteen of the 23 subjects accepted the phone number. And I like to talk about that a little bit, which means, what is that, five people were like, yep. no, thank you. That would be a little bit forward. I don't want you know? to talk about science. It's <laughs> just like, buddy, you're missing the point. Why don't you like this long, lavacious, like wink, you know? Like, <laughs> you could talk about science <laughs> with me. <laughs> So anyway, okay. And then uh, in the control group, it was 16 out of 22. So those two weren't very different in terms of like how many said yes. Yep. But then in the experimental group, half of them called. Nine out of 18 picked up the actual phone right and on. actually called yeah. Gloria. She said her name was Gloria. Whereas in the control group, it was two. Yes. Two. That is a huge difference. 
I mean, that is an absolutely huge difference. So in this case, uh, the likelihood that that's due to chance is extremely low. And the I would call that a massive effect size moving from totally. two to nine. And they, okay. they had their suspicions as to what might be causing this. And so this is why uh, studies two and three, which we'll, we'll kind of like dance through because there is yeah. a fair bit of repetition and we've laid out quite a lot of what these kooky scientists were up to here. Um, but one of their suspicions was maybe this is because individuals who are more likely to take the rickety bridge, maybe they're a bit more kind of like uh, risk seeking. Uh, and so because of that, they might also be the kind of individual who would take a chance on calling this number whereas individuals who take the more secure bridge they might be a bit more kind of like stable in their life as well and maybe don't want to take a chance that might even though it could be something exciting that happens but the risk of it so basically a bit more risk averse essentially so they were a bit like well maybe this is what's going on here so they decided to 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 do a second study before you get into that can i say something else i just gotta say this did you get the little funny thing about those who are at the early tall bridge might have been on vacation Mm. and that might mean they weren't with their normal partners which means they were more sexually deprived yes (laughs) i got a chuckle out of that i don't know about you but i actually thought that that was somewhere between funny and oh (laughs) what else um i guess just really assumptive very assumptive it showed like quite a lot of the experience of the authors as well because as well as those two reasons they were also a bit like well what if you're in for just a short vacation and you just you ain't got time to sneak away to get some action so it's not as likely to call and it was kind of like revealing a fair bit about how these uh how these chaps might have been getting down in the 70s is uh the 70s was that the was that the uh, decade of love i could oh man you know what they got some spillover from the 60s i would yeah, imagine yeah. like uh <laughs> anyway i'm sorry i, I think the 60s you for are that. still spilling over now if anything <laughs> <laughs> i think like everyone will charge it up oh dear. so right, yeah so let's hop, uh, yeah. get in there sorry yeah yeah let's hop into um experiment two so like um listeners everything that you know about experiment one kind of like keep all of that in your minds because it's very similar but what they did on this occasion is they wanted to keep the uh, the excitement factor as part of the study. So what they did is they went to the uh, the rickety bridge, but what they were able to do is they were able to find men who had maybe sat down after crossing the bridge. So after about 10 minutes or so, after all of that arousal and excitement had faded, they'd also been the kind of person who was likely to take the bridge. So they were able to grab men, well, grab men kind of like just as they'd come off. But then they were also able to test that against men who had been chilling out for at least 10 minutes as well. So they wanted to compare the two of those. And um, just to like clean that up, Dan, as well, like if you could say a bit why they wanted to like kind of like clean that bit kind of like up for studies. And I think that what it did is it essentially addressed those validity issues that Akin and I were just talking about, which uh, the fancy word for that is called a spurious correlation. Mm. But the idea is there might be something underneath both taking the high bridge and calling the young lady that caused it. But if you don't measure that and it's not part of your method, you're just completely confounding your results. So in this one, because all the men crossed the bridge, Yep. That meant they're all kind of coming from the same population. Yes. And they confirmed it. 
you know, if we just like cut to the chase, they essentially were able to show that both the sexual imaging scores were like uh, statistically significantly different. You know, like it was like a full point jump went from 192 to 299 in terms of like its sexual imagery that they kind of talked about. And then in terms of the number of calls, same thing again, where they were able to replicate that statistically significantly more people called the uh, female experimenter just as they were coming off the bridge compared to those that had 10 minutes to kind of chill out in a little park. So, I mean, it's a pretty good second run at the study. And to be able to confirm all that is certainly adding to my confidence level. Agreed, agreed, agreed. And they, they still had like a few questions. They still, yep. they still had some other things that they wanted to kind of like iron out. So, and again, this was to see whether being in that state of high arousal brought on by anxiety, so the thrill of this bridge, is this what's causing men to be more uh, sexually attracted to these women? Uh, so what they did is they then took it from two field studies, which was the first two, and then they, they got into a lab, which uh, your gang, Dan, they, they love a lab. They, they, they love they, to they, control. They love a white coat. They right? love um, electrodes. Yep. And they love to act like there's going to be some electric shocks. Yes. We're really into our electric shocks. In the 60s and 70s, there was a heyday of electric shocks. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the ones where they sort of like made people shock other people, yep. and the people acted like they were in there going like, "Ow, ow, shut it off!" And they'd be like, "You must continue to take the shots." <laughs> and they they got pretty like elaborate here as well. Yeah. So what yeah. they do is they they invite a chap into a, a room. And then they they make up some guff about some other research study. So they left like some some papers and whatnot. Like, oh, you can have a read of this previous stuff that we're experimenting about, um, which is all about the effects of like electric shocks and pain and dot, dot, dot. So uh, while while the experiment was in the room, they're a bit like, oh, I think I was looking for someone. Did you happen to see someone outside who looked like they were? And so the dude's just a bit like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro, man. I'm just here for like my $5. So the experiment is like, oh, I'm just going to be back in a second. Back then, it's probably like a and then, quarter. Right? And then... <laughs> And then returns with the other subject who is described as an attractive female. Hey. So then things get real strange because she comes in, takes her coat off. She sits about like three feet and I think believe like opposite this dude. So this chap is just like sat there, not really sure what's about to happen. And then an experiment that just brings an attractive woman in yeah. and just gets her to just sit right opposite. And then yeah. it's like, yeah, let's now have some fun with some electricity. What let's is going hook on? You up. Let's hook you up to these electrodes. And then they did this really funny thing where they flipped a coin and said, someone's going to get a really big shock. Yep. Someone's just going to get a mere tingle. Yeah, <laughs> I like that a lot. And so they flipped the coin and then the, the males were going to have to, you know, like get this heavy duty shock, which the thinking just to like cut to the chase on that. The thinking is if you think you're going to get a massive painful shock that is going to create some stress. And so they said that you got the heads and today heads receive the high shock level. And so they kind of hooked them up or whatever. And so I think that the really important thing um to take away from the second study is it's a very different context in which to create fear, the sort of arousal and fear, and that's good for validity. 
it is completely controlling how the female acts. Because in the other one, there would be all kinds of things about what exactly they said and whether there's yeah. eye contact and like yep. maybe flirtation that you just, it's really hard to control that out. Like sometimes, one, so yeah, cause sometimes the wind just hits someone's hair, right? And the, the sun just catches their face and that combination, at that point, it's not your fault. You're in love. No, it's like- no. And you throw a bridge into that thing? Yeah, right? I wonder how many got married. I mean, I wonder how many marriage proposals she fielded on this whole thing right here. <laughs> I will leave my family for you. I'm only, I'm only here in Vancouver for two nights. <laughs> Gonna make him count. <laughs> Anywho, in this one, they stripped all that away. And Atkin, did you see there was another tough guy moment? Where mm. in, in conditions when the subject anticipated receiving the strong shock with the female present, they reported significantly less anxiety. Yeah, so <laughs> they've been the told that they're going to get this really strong electric shock. And as long as a woman was sat, hop, like, you know what, right? This, this was real, this, this part I found real interesting, right? I found it real interesting for like a few reasons because. Part of it is like, is, is saving face, like amongst someone else. And I think part of it is, well, it does speak a fair bit about what, like the, the male motivation in terms of like, mm. we, we, I say we, <laughs> we <laughs> let me say I, let me, let me say I. <laughs> it's a pretty big category otherwise. <laughs> I, I would like, I, I'd like to think myself to be pretty sensible on, on most occasions. However, you throw a, a lady in the mix, I'm going to do some dumb things. Like there's just, like I was saying earlier, like when you've got a crush on someone, if there's something about like, if my tolerance is, let's say like uh, the electric shock ranges from like um, one to 10 and my tolerance is a seven and I've never been able to take anything more than a seven before. <laughs> Just put a cute lady there. And all of a sudden I'm like, does this thing go up to 11? Cause I'm not feeling anything. I'm not feeling, <laughs> is, is it on? Is this? <laughs> Cause it sure isn't hurting me. And I ain't scared. I ain't scared. Are <laughs> you asking me if I'm scared? <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Then I also love acting. The questions that they ask these people are so straight up. It's mm. like this. One of the questions was, how much would you like to ask her out on a date? And another one is, how much would you like to kiss her? Right. It's like, well, okay. Okay. I mean, you've never met her before. She's just there like you. <laughs> the questions are so direct. This kind of feels like the Wild West. This kind of feels like before, before, before regulators came, before there were rules about ethics and morals, and you were just able to have some fun and just have a good time. This is what this study feels like. It feels like, yo, let's just do some stuff and see what happens. Because like they were also looking at one, one of the things I did found really interesting as well, which um, was really fun about this is it really did say a lot for me, at least about, I want to say like men slash masculinity and this lower empathy, but higher control. Because what they found is that when it came to how much the female was being shocked, they didn't really care. Like, yeah. it just seemed Agreed. to be like, that's kind of like a her that's, problem. That's her issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so it seemed it seemed that like as long as the situation wasn't able to be controlled by the male in the in these studies their empathy was like quite low in that Mm -hmm. regard or at least Mm -hmm. one the empathy i'd say was quite low but then also just uh, their their anxiety so it seemed that there was this um i want to say comfort probably a coarse word but they were kind of like okay with someone else's suffering okay in the sense of they weren't going to let it affect how they felt about themselves Mm -hmm. which can Mm -hmm. be a bit of a quality um but also meant that anytime something was happening to them you start throwing in different factors and then it seemed that there was this kind of psychological ability to kind of like control the situation so kind of like a mind over matter Mm. kind of Mm. situation but Mm -hmm. as long as the matter was someone as long as they could show off in a sense yes Yeah. yeah Yeah, go climb a tree or kind of show their masculinity in some way. Uh, yeah. But they, they replicated it. I mean, just to kind of like jump to the chase and kind of uh, move toward close now, they were able to replicate that significant main effect where there was almost a full point jump in attraction if they were in that sort of high shock situation as opposed to if they were on the sort of tingle shock situation. Yes. And I was... By this time, now we're three studies in, two were at the bridge. This is a different context. The bridge one, they kind of disentangled some stuff. At this point, I really do think the effect is there. You know, as a reader, kind of thinking about it, I'm not sure that we fully understand why it's there. You know, it's not as though they measured the mediator and showed that this is the mechanism and all this. But showing it in these different contexts kind of was convincing to me. And the fact that it wasn't working in this case, when there was a male experimenter or a male um, co whatever, um, shock person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Partners in shock. I was kind of impressed by that. And so in the end, uh, I'm going to kind of get back to where I started. Where I was impressed with this is just this idea that we make attributions for ourselves just as we do for outside people. And I earlier, and you made a really fun comment when you just said, you know, when I'm, when, you know, when we feel like we're falling in love. In this study, it's not that they felt they were falling in love. They just felt aroused. Yes. And then they attributed the arousal to the attractive young woman experimenter, if she was there. I just find that actually really, that's the most compelling, interesting part of it for me. How we humans kind of like to go through life feeling like we're in charge and like we get it. When in fact, we don't even get ourselves. It's just... It's just making attributions based on some feelings, but like we don't really know why those feelings are there or why they're caused. They're just kind of there. <laughs> oh man, so, and that will that will link straight into my uh, my main takeaway here. My main takeaway is um, this is this is for everyone listening. Really, this is not a, it's not a male thing. It's not a it's not a female thing. If you're trying to get lucky, if you if you're trying to, and I mean lucky in terms of like for one night, or maybe you're trying to even settle down. When you are thinking about like dates, like do think about something that will heighten. It doesn't need to be fear. It doesn't need to be uh, fear or anxiety, especially, but it's probably a smart idea to do some activities that's going to put you in a, uh, it's going to heighten some sort of like emotion. So it's going to kind of get that excitement going on because that, that shared arousal that you both have 
you're going to possibly attach that to one another. So um, it's a bit like it's a bit of a, a mind game. But what it's doing is it's allowing you to to share an experience together where you can have like a heightened state of feeling something that doesn't have to be sex. So you can, you can share a high degree of excitement doing something that might not necessarily come with the head games that sex comes with. And mm. what it's going to do is it's really going to allow you to kind of like push that kind of like emotional connection and see if there's something a bit more there. And then if it is like a cinema trip or it is a Netflix and chill situation, pick a scary movie, pick a real scary <laughs> movie. Takeaway. Yeah. Pick something that's going to really kind of like, you know, really get something going there because then that might in turn get something are, going. They'll misattribute that to you and there then you you'll go. be the winner. Totally. <laughs> um, Falling in love the old fashioned <laughs> way. And any final right. takeaways from yourself though? No, that's all. I really enjoyed covering this with you. I got some real fun laughs around this. So thanks a lot. That was fun. Nice. This was a blast. Listeners, thank you very much for rocking with us. Uh, we're going to have like a few announcements over the next coming weeks as well. So uh, do stay tuned uh, in the upcoming episodes for that and keep an eye on your social media accounts as well. If you're on Twitter or you're on uh, LinkedIn, uh, just keep an eye out for some posts from Dan and I because we're going to try to have a bit more fun with squeezing the orange. We won't say much just yet because we're still very much in the planning phase. Once again, if you see us post on LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, hit retweet, hit share, hit like. Like we've been seeing like a lot of the comments that come through as well and it's great to read, makes us feel excited and we try to respond and reply when we can as well. And a uh, final thing as well, if you are on iTunes, you can hit that little review section and just drop us a five-star review and that helps to push us out to, to further individuals as well. There's, a, there's quite a large community of you all building right now and part of Dan and I's plan is to see how we can kind of like bring everyone together as well because um we're, we're really feeling the love and we want to see how we can kind of like um create a bit of a, a squeezing the orange cult yes i said cult we are the two Woo! charismatic leaders and we are going to take you, you can be the charismatic the top of the mountain <laughs> i'll be the charismatic leader and then dan will do the admin <laughs> dan will prepare the, uh, the where should aid. i put this paperwork <laughs> <laughs> thank you everybody a lot of fun. thanks for working Ciao.